back to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I'm your host, Matthew Schufreiter, and on today's episode, I speak with the director of the Steppenwolf Theater for Young Adults production, A Home What Howls, or The House What Was Ravine, Laura Alcala Baker. We met at Steppenwolf, ooh, a field trip, and we talked about the production and Laura's work as a director and new play developer. So, without further ado, here is that conversation. Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Absolutely. It's funny. I was When I was doing some research, I saw that director and then new play developer. Yeah. Um, has that always been what you want to be known as, or did that sort of just come recently? You know, I think over time I realized that directing didn't fully encompass, like the title didn't fully encompass what I do. Right. Um, because I work really closely with playwrights on new work and that's a development process. When you are the director putting that on for the first time, you're cracking the first egg that you're cooking it for the first time. You're doing something that's never been done before. Oh, I guess like people have cooked eggs before, but, um, (laughs) but you're, it's, it's an, it's a new thing. And um, because I'm working so closely with a playwright to figure out exactly what those pieces are that aren't yet on the page, um, but you can only find through first production, um, I I think that new play developer kind of brings that to the forefront. I also workshop a lot of plays that haven't yet come to production. Right. Um, so that just feels like the umbrella that um, my work encompasses. And what do you look for in a play, regardless if it's new or not? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, this is an excellent question, but it's it's a kind of sensation answer, yeah. <laughs> um, which is that uh, I, I read lots of plays and sometimes my heart isn't pulled towards them. Yeah. Like I can feel myself um, going like, oh, this is an excellent play, but not for me. Or, oh, this is an unfinished piece that maybe I don't have the thing that's special to offer to it. Like I don't come from that perspective to offer to it. Um, but I'm really looking for the new American canon, mm-hmm. I think, and reimagining or and reimagining the existing one. Um, and so that's kind of like what it feels like I'm looking for. But then at the end of the day, it's about what my heart's drawn to. Mm-hmm. Right. There are lots of head plays, lots of brain plays that right. are are think pieces or they're dealing with a social issue. And many of the plays I do have that, but Plays are about people. Plays are about relationships. And so that's got to be the thing. You like the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Every time. That's the only way I know how to approach a play is with great heart and love. Mm -hmm. And this play, A Home What Howls, did did they approach you to direct it? Or did you find the script? Or how did that kind of come to be? Yeah. You know, I've had a relationship with Audrey for quite some time. Um, She's been a huge advocate and has seen my work and stayed in contact and when they programmed the piece, they reached out for an interview. Um, and so I sat down with some Steppenwolf folks and with Matt, our playwright, yeah. and just kind of pitched to them my what I felt in the show, maybe some key imagery, but really what it would be like to work with me as a new play developer, because mm-hmm. I'm really active in that process. And I really want that relationship with a playwright to be you know, familiar enough that we can be honest with one another to get the best work out of it. Like, I can't tippy-toe around. It's got to be like, oh, that's 
that's not quite it. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? We're testing things. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I really wanted to see with Matt if we were a good fit too. And, um, and from that, you know, I got the surprise email slash phone call and, um, and it's, it's really lovely. It's, it's kind of full circle in a lot of ways. You know, I grew up, uh, my career in storefront Chicago mm-hmm. theater. Right. And um, it's been 10 plus years coming. So That's I'm wonderful. I'm really grateful and excited to, to be in the Steppenwolf house. Yeah, because again, because you didn't really promote yourself as a director. Like you were, you were obviously applying to be the director, but you, yeah. again, you're saying, I wanted to develop this new work. Yes. Rather than direct it instead. Yes. I think that they're so intertwined. I don't know how to separate those two things out. Yeah. Um. But uh, directing new work is such a different beast Mm -hmm. that I was like, I could tell you, you know, what directing this piece as is looks like. Yeah. But there's so much to discover and explore that we should talk about what that overall experience could be between us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that, maybe that got the job, but, (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately it's the truth, right? It's how I want to work yeah and what about tya this is a theater for young audience yeah. show have yeah. you ever done anything with young audiences is it even different because i've never done i've done young young children yeah. shows before and obviously there's like a weird like science to it yeah you can tell that they're not faking but this is high schoolers is, yeah is the target audience oh my gosh high schoolers everything's cringy <laughs> Everything's cringy. Yes, it is. And like the idea of theater for young people who have not been to theater or maybe only had limited access to it, or maybe they've been to a show before, you know, you got to kind of prove something. Right. Um, and I think I, I have done new work before, but it was all for sort of varying age groups, never for high schoolers, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so for super young kids, I've done a tour that went from school to school right. um, in Northern California. And then I did. Um, a production that was for middle schoolers of The Giver. Okay. Um, you know, which is now, I believe, a banned book in many places. Yeah. Um, and then, but this is the first, like, high schooler thing. And I think, you know, I really approach this uh, for everyone in the room to be like, please do not try to impress the teenagers. Mm-hmm. You will fail. Yeah. Um, all we can do is approach this uh, with great curiosity and integrity and you know, clarity, like trying trying to bring clarity to the story um, so that we can focus in on those relationships and the things that they'll most relate to, right? Which is the young person who is also on stage. Right. Um, that's who they're going to latch on to. Um, so I think that for me, it's, it's about not talking down to them. It's yeah. about raising them up and saying, we know you're smart. We yeah. know you know what's up. Now, in we want to invite you in. Right. You know? Yeah. I know Steppenwolf has a council, like a young adult council yeah. on this. Are they involved in a show? Yes. They do? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like, wait, what part? Like, they're not in the rehearsal room, are they? Or You know, they pop in. Okay. They do pop in on, on rehearsal. They were there for tech for a bit. Um, we got a little, you know, presentation from them. Not little. They, we got a presentation <laughs> from them. Let's be not real. Not just a small like, one. Like, these people, yeah. I... Was not this savvy as a person. <laughs> I don't know what they're dragging uh, right. that like makes them this like just uh, cognizant and like 
thoughtful and they're creating lesson plans and right. curriculum. The study like, guide is amazing. Incredible. Like the depth of research. I was like, I'm going to look through this right? before I got into rehearsal. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> like, I was just like, what you guys find? Um, and, and so like they were, they were pretty heavily involved and I don't know that I fully understood that, you know, the education department told me that, mm-hmm. but I was like, Oh yeah, sure. They'll be around. But they were like actively involved. Um, and I think, we're on their own path while, you know, parallel to the production yeah. half of things. And I love giving young people access to the room. They should see how things get made. Right. Because behind the scenes is so fun. Yeah. Right. And I think it's really important for them to see, like, here's how all these things come together. Be a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. And have you been in the room or sorry, in the theater when the show has been going on with like student matinees yes. going on? Yeah. And. How has the response been? You know, okay. So <laughs> you can never anticipate what young people are going to do because right. they are having an individual experience and a social one. Yeah. So they're having their own feelings about it. They're they're leaning in. They want to laugh. They want to cry. They want to they, – they are having some sort of feeling about it, right, internally. Right. However, they are looking to their friends to be like, are you laughing? Mm-hmm. Are you feeling? Are you – and that – that's a really fine balance, right? right? Because there, there's this discovery of who you are and what you like. And also there's this social aspect to it. Um, and we're in the round, so you can see each other. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's something too. Um, but I think what I'm interested in is a collective experience as well. Yeah. Right? And And that's where you really feel other people feeling with you and you can feel empowered to respond. So it varies wildly, honestly, right. just depending. You know what scene I want to be in the room for is that debate scene in the play. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I always wonder, because I, when I saw it, it was, it was more of, it was a Saturday matinee. Yeah. Um, the response was pretty good, but I was like, I yeah. wonder what high schoolers are going to oh, react to. Man. Well, cause, cause they know, so there's, this is like a real activist moment, like a yeah. young person activist moment. Right. Cause that's a message. Um, she's standing in a public hearing, um, against, or, you know, in a open conversation with a public official. Right. Um, talking about eminent domain and the impact of it on the people who live on this land. And both sides believe in what they're doing wholeheartedly. And one side is disproportionately affecting another and has the power in the room as much as he wants to be like, I'm here to listen. It's Mm. like, well, that falls flat. Right. um, Unless you're willing to do something. But also that's not necessarily the hearing or the setting that something would happen, mm-hmm. right? And so all that said, you know, she's really taking him to task. Yeah. And by doing that, she's bringing about the lingo, right, mm-hmm. that that um, would pin him down to answer for. And I think that the kids start picking up on that real quick mm-hmm. and start nodding yep. and, and affirming and and um, supporting her. Yep. Um, and and also, you know, cringing at what he's doing yep. um, because they feel that so profoundly. They, they're really active in what the world is doing um, and marginalized communities or communities that have been pushed to the margin, I should say. Um, so they know and and they'll tell you. Yeah, because they want to be her on stage. It almost feels like oh, at yeah. times yeah, yeah. they wish they can speak up to the adult. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of young adult. 
What were you like as a child? Oh my god. Good segue, I know. <laughs> so, because you are Chicago-based. Were you born and raised in Chicago? No, no actually, okay. I, I moved around all over. My parents were both Air Force. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I actually come from a pretty um, military background. Okay. Which I think prepared me to be really dexterous in new communities, right? In moving to other places and, and trying to find my community, my people in those spaces. Right. Um, so I moved around a lot. And Chicago has been the place I've lived the longest. I've okay. been here 10 years. And it feels like home, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I really do feel like I've... Uh, I know the city really profoundly. I'm involved in it. I have community here. Um, And it's been really Mm -hmm. open-armed. And I don't know any place quite like it. So I I just, I love this city for sure. Were you an active child? Did you read a lot? Did you have a a wild imagination? Yes, totally. All the imaginary friends, multiple. Okay. um, They were like hanging out with me all the time. And I read a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always carrying really a fantasy book and I think it was a part of like an escapism thing probably. Um, but I enjoyed reading and would kind of get into, in trouble for, for having it right. Like at the, not at the dinner table, but like in social settings where, you know, parents, not parents, um, adults want to see you engage. Mm -hmm. And I go, I am engaging, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm I'm engaging. Yeah. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I had a real interest in people and I was such a people watcher. Um, and you know, kind of this weird mix of extroverted and introverted, like the right people brought so much out of me and other folks I just wanted to to watch and listen Mm -hmm. um so I think that's kind of the combo that now that still exists in me right there's a book I read in college called The Lucid Body have you ever read it no um it's it's just more of how we can watch people and stop assuming things anymore and but now we can pick up we can make our own stories with them so we see a mom with a child that's probably cranky or having a long day and we read the face of that mom. Yeah. We, we don't want to just assume they're having a bad day already. Yeah. There could be a, a, a lifelong story that we just don't know yeah. anymore. And then we start to make a story out of that, which I find kind of fun to do and wish I had when I was a child, you know? Yeah, totally. Because I think it amazed me that every there were just a bunch of people walking around yeah. with other lives. Mm-hmm. Like, my life felt so full and emotional. Um, and, and so I was thinking about, like, oh, that person's life is full and emotional and they've got something going on and they've got something going on and it was just so like kind of overwhelming to me because I was thinking um about other people's lives as much as my own yeah um and that's probably that probably comes from my parents who are very much um people of service right like my my dad really believed and continues to believe in service. My mother was an ESL teacher. Oh, cool. Um, and and that is a form of service, right? Like being a teacher, like woof, like just yeah. rough and and so so difficult to like continue belief in that system and um, you know, uphold kids and yeah. and and their learning process and support them. Um, and so I really feel that that call to to service and this feels like that it really does i think telling stories and evoking empathy in one another um and you know building safe and and 
curious rehearsal rooms um, in order to create our best work. Like that is, a, I think that's my calling at least. It feels like it. Mm-hmm. Did you want to be in the arts from day one? Mm, I, I, well, I like so many started as an actor, okay. <laughs> you know, Great. But, but I was like 10 and I was in Annie, you know, yes. it was one of those things. Yep. You want to do that. Um, but it was like such a place of freedom yeah. where you could test things and not be judged for it. Or at least I didn't feel judged for it. Um, I felt kind of the full range of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think over time, I started to realize that I was really imagining bigger worlds and how that works. And mm-hmm. I was like sticking my nose in places it didn't belong. I was like, what's going on backstage? And I was right. like, how did you make that set? And, you know, what does the, uh, you know, stage manager board look like? I just didn't, I, I just felt like there was so much to it. Yeah. And I wanted to explore all of that. So when I went to college, I mean, fasting, fast forward from 10 to college, right? Yeah. A couple things happened. In not, not much, though. Um, <laughs> uh, I got my BFA in acting at Elon University and my BA in theatrical design. Okay. And I did that so that I could feel like I knew those languages, right? I could talk to actors and I could talk to designers, or at least that was my hope. Right. Was that I could, I had some context for them and how they do their how did they do their craft? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's felt really beneficial to me, but I would say overall as a director, I feel very self-taught. Mm. I feel like I've gotten opportunities or, or butted my nose in right. to get opportunities um, by observing, yeah. you know, and, and actively telling people what I want because mm-hmm. nobody knows what you want unless, no. you, te- unless you tell them. Right. And so I would get into a room and I'd be like, cool, cool, cool. Thank you so much for letting me be here. And I'd like to do this. Do you need help doing that? Or can I not just support it? Can I lead it? Mm-hmm. And I just kept doing that over and over again. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people are like, yeah, that actually that would be really helpful. Right. Or I don't think you know quite what it is, but like, here, let me give you a small task. And then you rise to the occasion. Now, I will say some of this was, much of this was unpaid work, but it would be things that it was, was inside. It. Yeah. Yeah. And it was inside other institutions that it was getting paid for, but maybe not for that piece or, right. um, or what have you. But I think that that was really beneficial, was saying specifically what I wanted mm-hmm. and then stepping towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, did that come instantly, or did that take kind of a long time for you to sort of speak out? I mean, confidence takes time, I think, mm-hmm. anyways, but... Um, were, you, it, were you confident growing up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Don't, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> like, may, maybe? In some in some respects, yes. Um, I will say that I don't feel confident, as confident in any other space than I do in a rehearsal room or in a meeting with a designer or in a meeting with producers so much so that I go, am I too confident here? Like I, right. in a, in a weird way, so yeah. not to sound, you see already I'm like, Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but like, I, I feel so at home in those spaces. And I think I knew that pretty early, but getting into those rooms and feeling like you could speak up because that room's not yours yeah. to do so that, um, I think that was difficult to come to, but because there were so many rooms in which I was asked to observe and, and in many ways be silent or that my input wasn't offered, I really do try to counter that in my rehearsal rooms, you know, an assistant director, if their idea, if they whisper a thing in my ear and say that I, 
and that idea is like, we should offer that to the room. It's like, okay, that, uh, my assistant had a great idea. Uh, go ahead and offer that to the room. Like they get to say that that was their idea. Everyone's heard. Right. Well, that's my hope. You know, yeah. you're not always successful in those efforts, but I do think it's important to say, to give credit where credit is due. Right. Um, because it did kind of feel like when I was young, that didn't happen. It would just be whoever was the per- person of authority got to have that. Mm-hmm. And I would go, well, the people who know, know, and I know, and that's most important. And and now I'm like, nah, you should, you should have credit for your work. It's really important. And mm-hmm. you should feel empowered to, to speak that allowed. Yeah. So I do try to get that in the room. Mm-hmm. And I hope that emboldens more people and gives more people confidence that I didn't feel um, quite empowered to have. Mm-hmm. Do you almost feel like a teacher? Oh, weird. Wow. Uh, I mean, like, sorry. <laughs> now that we're putting <laughs> that this all together. Out. No, no, no. I, I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that we're all learning and I like to point to the thing we might be learning together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, if someone offers an idea in the room, I, I feel fine saying, I don't know. Mm, show me something. Like, or, I don't, I don't know. Like, is this, this is an opportunity for us to, to figure that out. Um, and I, I think that's an important quality, but I don't, I guess I don't feel like a teacher. I think that, 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 um, we're in a creative process that hopefully is very symbiotic and Mm -hmm. we're working together and um leading is is just leading by example right to me right because i think the idea of a teacher a good teacher is someone even though they are the leader in that room they still Mm. don't know have they don't have all the answers Mm. so Mm -hmm. that's why when when i because i used to teach sometimes when someone would give out this idea or a student would give out an idea and I haven't thought of it before. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's mm. showcase that example to not only try it, but to uplift that student's idea, like confidence, you know. That's so interesting. I, I had never framed it like that in my mind, but um, but I go I best I guess you could take that perspective with it. I think that there's something about um this setting, this kind of strange hierarchy that we've decided on for yeah. for theater that I'm lightly trying to dismantle, Fair. but also be a person who who can make the decisions when it's time to make the call. Right. Um, but I don't want it to feel like, I don't want to feel like the one, I don't want to feel like the one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I think that there are the many, right? Yeah, and then the I'm just one. gonna distill and edit, right? right? Like I'm gonna come in with uh, what one could call the vision of, here's what we're aiming for together. Um, and then we're going to like pull from each other our best work and we'll see what arrives out of that, which is hopefully a bunch of discoveries. Yeah. How do your parents feel about you directing and working in the arts? They're proud. I mean, they just are. I think it's, um, you know, this is a hard business and I think that they're proud to see this all come to fruition. Um, there's always a nervousness with parents being like, is this going to be worth it? Many shows. Um, <laughs> right. But I will say that I am lucky enough to have parents who've been supportive from the very beginning. They saw my passion for it. They tried to support that in whatever ways they could. Um, and I think that it must be, I'm going to speak for them. It must be a uh, filling in some way to see your child, you know, doing the thing they love. Right. And, and I, 
you know, I try to get them out for every show I can. Like mm-hmm. I try to, to bring them in so that they can see things um, as much as humanly possible. And um, I don't know. I think that, I think that they're proud. Right. My last question before we go in the game, I was uh, listening to an interview you did about this show, Homewood House, and, sure. and it was asked. How bad you... was it? I thought it was fine. Did I use the same words over and over again? Which I did in this too. <laughs> uh, we do a fact check at the end. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry now. No, uh, there was, it was asked, what do you hope audiences take away from the show? And you and you said, you know, you don't really, it's up to them, essentially. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, when this show was opening, did you have expectations? Did you, were you wondering what feedback from students we're going to be like, um, you know, we don't, it's up to, I, I agree, it's up to the audience to see, to take away what they want, but I'm always curious to see what they're going to think or say about it. Yeah, I mean, you can't help it, because the audience is, is like, the thing, right? <laughs> this yeah, is the point. Absolutely. This is the point. Um, but there's kind of a philosophy around um, directing, which is audience of one, yeah. that if you build something that you like like that you are satisfied with that you work hard towards that you um edit and and put together and 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 um bring to life then this will inherently be something that an audience responds to because it is highly specific to you and um and i think that that feels uh kind of like a relief because you Mm -hmm can let go of expectations. Yeah. Because um, you know that it, I do know that it's going to resonate with some people mm-hmm. and not with everybody, right? Like, but I do know that it's going to hit hard for some people and some people are going to take away this piece and that piece. And, you know, they may not remember the whole plot, the whole like arc, all of those things, but they might re- have one resonance, right. right? They might like that character, that moment, that song, um, this picture and that's the goal. Like the goal is getting them to find some resonances that they take away and then begin conversations that they can then take away and bring out into the world. That's what I hope they take away from it. Mm -hmm. So whenever I get that question, I always struggle with it because I go, well, all of these stories, I want them to take those pieces and bring conversation out of it. But I also don't want to dictate to folks what they should take away. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that, you know, if we've all done our job well, then it'll be the core of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I never want to give that to someone. Agreed. (laughs) Well, we have time. Okay. We're going to do a game. Great. This game is called time for two. And there are two minutes on the clock, and it's a series of random icebreaker no, questions. No, not a timer. Oh, it's a timer. No. Okay, let me get some some uh, water first. No worries. There is no right. There is no wrong. We're just curious to see what your opinion is. Yeah, we'll see about that. Okay, well, <laughs> and this is why we can edit. No. All right, are you ready? I, I Yes. <laughs> You're going to be great. Hit me. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Three, two, one. Go. Karaoke song of choice. Oh, no. Um, X's and O's. Favorite part of the human face? Uh, eyes. What chore do you absolutely hate doing? Wait, chore? Yeah. Swiping. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what's your typical bedtime? Like, 10. Typical wake-up time? 
Seven. What do you like to put in your coffee? Nothing. <laughs> Favorite kind of tea? Uh, uh, you know, green tea. Mm-hmm. Is, is a DJ just someone who's good at iTunes? No, they're an artist. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot dog a sandwich. It, it must be two, two pieces of bread thing inside. Sandwich. Great. Do you put ketchup on your hot dog? Yeah. Who is the greatest game show host of all time? Uh, uh, Alex Trebek. Favorite beetle? All of them. <laughs> Would you rather live in a roller coaster park or a zoo? Roller coaster park. I oh, zoos make me so sad. <laughs> well, Fifty seconds. Would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos? Tacos. AC or DC? DC. Fork, spoon, or knife? Fork. Do we all live in a yellow submarine? No. Brendan or Brandon? Brandon. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. <laughs> who, who are you? Over! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeti or Hydro Flask? Uh, neither. Uh, describe your life. Toy Story or Bugs Life? Toy Story. No question. Uh, if not this, what other job? I thought you were going to ask me, if not this, then that. And I was like, that! <laughs> now and later. <laughs> um, uh, oh, wait, now and later? Okay, job. Uh, I would be a novelist. Uh, 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 and, uh, and what movie would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? Barbie? And that's how we play Time for Two! <laughs> you have to catch your breath. <laughs> oh my god. Winded! I Absolutely know. winded. Uh, it's, I yeah. love it. How Bring many it. of that was us? <laughs> At least 12. At yeah, least. I, you know what? I lost track after one. Great. Perfect. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Ideal. Uh, this was fun. Laura, before we go, my last question to you is, are your parents proud of you? Absolutely. I would agree. Aw, thank thanks. you so much for coming on. Thank this you was for so, having me. This was fun. Totally. Thank you. Go see A Home What Howls, or The House What Was Ravine at Steppenwolf Theater. It is currently playing until March 2nd. For more information, go to steppenwolftheater.org. That is it for today's episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You know what to do. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us, parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. Parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.